0: welcome to the monash arts researchers podcast this continues on from part one of our interview with professor jane re about projects by the monash Genton family violence research team in part one she talks about two projects that were outcomes of the world first royal commission into family violence that was tabled in victorian parliament in 2016. in this part two We hear about the team's other investigative projects and recommendations that also play a significant role in responding to the Royal Commission's recommendations. We have also been successful in gaining an Australia Research Council grant which is looking at patterns of intimate partner homicide all across. Australia. So we're going to be looking at the last 10 years of where family violence ended in fatal violence against women and we're going to be looking at all of the different times where those women came into contact with services or where there was police knowledge held. What we're hoping to be able to do is build up a really systematic map of the way in which women contact services and the points of intervention, which could have prevented that fatal outcome. So That's a really basic and important piece of work that's being done. In some countries, there are systems, for example, of death reviews, which have a look at a death and work out all those points of intervention. The coroner's report in the context of Victoria and all of the other states of Australia does that as well for individual deaths. But to our knowledge, this is the first time that a cluster of cases are gonna be looked at in different state contexts. And we're gonna be looking at all of the ways that we do know about risks in terms of intimate partner homicide and hopefully building our capacity to intervene and stop those final outcomes. We've also uh, done a couple of other projects and in some ways our thinking has been very much influenced by what the Royal Commission talked about as critical recommendations. So there were a number of areas that they identified as really troubling and problematic. They first indicated that we have perpetrator interventions occurring. Um, which are generally speaking men's behaviour change programs, sometimes case management. So there's been a recognition for a long time that perpetrators are a critical part of getting this mix of women's women's and children's safety right. But again, that's been a fairly under-researched and unsystematic part of the family violence sector. So behaviour change programs are delivered. It's not clear how successful they are. Some men voluntarily referring to those programs, but actually most are mandated by the courts to do it, instead of some sort of incarceration or community order, or sometimes as part of a community order. But there hasn't been a systematic look at how effective those programs are, what they achieve in terms of long-term safety for the victims of family violence, and also there's a bit of a question about how well the judiciary who mandate the programs understand what the programs can do and how they use them so we were successful to get ANROWS funding um, which is the Australian National Research Organisation for Women's Safety so it's the peak organisational funding research into family violence. So we are looking in that project at perpetrator interventions and how they are used in sentencing judgments. So for example, if uh, Mr. X comes up before a judge and the judge identifies that this is the third time that Mr. X has come up on charges of family violence um, and Mr. X has twice been referred to do a family uh, a perpetrator intervention such as a men's behaviour change program does the judge say okay that's not working for you does the judge check for example or is information provided as part of that process that um, about whether the person successfully completed the program went to all of the sessions whether their behavior actually changed in any way while they were doing it so we're really interested in closing that loop, in working to close that loop so that if we're recommending perpetrator interventions, everyone, courts, police, judges have a really good sense of what that's about and how effective those things are and what the likely outcomes are. We were simultaneously lucky enough to get from the Victorian Government um, the contract recommendation 91 of the Royal Commission which was to rewrite the minimum standards for men's behaviour change programs and again that was a really fantastic opportunity to work with the sector particularly the peak body no to violence who runs and organizes all of the delivery of all of these programs and to have a really concrete policy impact so we Rewrite those minimum standards, and completed that work in August. So, not only are we having a look at how perpetrator interventions impacting court processes, we've also been able to be part of a conversation of hopefully, hopefully, making them more effective. There were a couple of other parts of the Royal Commission that we're currently working on. So, one was a project again funded by that national organisation, ANROSE, which was to have a look at the experiences of women with disability who face different forms of violence, including family violence. Our report for that has been delivered to ANROSE and should be published, so that's fantastic. And that project was a collaborative one with People with Disability Australia, which is great. And one of the outcomes from that will be some really targeted training resources for all sorts of organisations that might come in contact with women with disability who are experiencing family violence in order to support them. So it might be legal organisations that are working with women with disability in terms of getting good outcomes in terms of family violence. It, it might be a family violence specialist service that has a lot of expertise in terms of family violence but may not be as well resourced in terms of responding to the needs of a woman with disability when she comes forward. Um, Or it might be a disability service organisation that's really fantastic on supporting women with disability in terms of advocacy and in terms of service needs, but is not as experienced in the family violence sector. So our ambition in that project is to build a resource that can support all of the people that might be exposed and asked to give support to women with disability. A really crushing part of that that project was going back over the number of reports that have been delivered by the disability sector and by women with disability talking about the sorts of changes that need to be made and the fact that they haven't been. So we're adding our voice there to a whole lot of disability advocacy that's gone on, but it is there is a lot of change that need to, needs to be made in terms of services and service systems if we're going to do a better job of responding to violence in that context.